That was uh, Paul John Roach, a reverend from the Unity Church in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, uh, very interesting. I, I mean, um, I think many people who are in the category of, of feeling spiritual but not religious would probably feel comfortable in a Unity Church. I think many do, um, depending on the church. Uh, some some have more of the overtones of mainstream Christianity than others. So, uh, you know, there's probably place for places where people who um, feel alienated from organized religion would feel more comfortable. And there's probably unity churches where uh, more mainstream uh, Christians would, would feel more comfortable. Yeah, uh, I, I think if somebody is, is joining a church, a religious group, uh, to get, uh, you know, uh, guidance to be told what's right and what's wrong very specifically. I mean, there are people that feel comfort in those situations. They're less yeah. likely to be drawn to a unity church. Uh, the orthodoxy of, of a particular, any particular religion, I think, would feel very uncomfortable. And, and part of it is because you, you, you have to make your own decisions. Uh, there might be some guidelines and discussion, but much is left up to you. And, and some people feel comfortable with that. Uh, some people right. do not. Yeah, and, and I know, at least in the past, you know, when I was researching unity uh, for American Veda, um, the, there were uh, sort of fundamentalist Christians who were uh, very anti-unity church. They were, you know, sort of considered them blasphemous. They were, in their eyes, worse than, you know, Buddhists and Hindus because you know they they were like you know people are there was too close to to Christianity for them to tolerate and uh, so you know there's there's room in unity for people who uh, don't like orthodoxy or literalism or fundamentalism because there's uh, there's an acceptance of a broad range of approaches to spirituality on on a personal level. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that uh, attracts a lot of people who have, uh, you know, experience with yoga and meditation and Buddhist practices, but want a home, a place they can go to on Sunday morning and bring their children uh, and so forth. And so they find unity very compatible. Right. I, I mean, I guess that was my next question, and you already, I think, answered it. And, you know, if you're not looking for somebody to give you very specific guidelines and, and tell you what's good, what's right, what's wrong, so on and so forth, then why even bother? But I, I, I think uh, if you are uh, of the uh, belief that, yes, uh, there are certain fundamental beliefs that we do share in common, but we can think through a lot of these things on our own, but maybe it's better to think through them with a group, and, and it's nice to have a community and uh, uh, e e even a group of uh, non-believers probably feels uh, comfortable organizing. Yeah, and it, it's it, unity um, would appeal to people who recognize that inner experience of the, the spiritual dimension of life is, is central. Um, it, that would be acknowledged and, and promoted in a unity context where it's not necessarily the case. Uh, and methodologies like meditation and deep deep prayer uh, would be um, would be encouraged and, and taught and so forth. So 
um, people who who are drawn to the inner or mystical or experiential dimension, uh, but yet want a community, uh, would uh, are the, definitely find uh, uh, compatible people and and institutions within the unity context, and also you know people who have, like Paul said, you know, a connection to Jesus, a love for Jesus a great reverence for Jesus, but don't necessarily have to hold him as the, the one true savior of all mankind who died for our sins and uh, Christian, elevate Christianity to this uh, triumphal place uh, above all other mm-hmm. traditions. You know, people who don't feel comfortable with those things would find uh, unity more compatible. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that uh, he mentioned uh, Joel Oldstein, Who's out of Texas has a, you know, congregation of at least twenty five thousand that meet every week. And I've actually listened to him a lot. And when I first listened to him, I just assumed he was a fundamentalist preacher. I saw him on television, but quite the contrary. He his message is is of uh, positive thinking and, uh, yeah. you know, not an emphasis uh, on suffering or punishment, but really on a, a celebration of a full life. I I, I like him very much, uh, and uh, that's why I mentioned Norman Vincent Peale. I thought yeah. there was a lot of Norman Vincent Peale or even Dale Carnegie in, in Joel Osteen's message. That's and right. I know I know Joel Osteen is often criticized by fundamentalists for having too, uh, 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 you, you know, uh, too much of a positive message and uh, not emphasizing what they feel are those things that are important. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I, that was that was very uh, illuminating for me to see yeah. that he he mentioned that. Yeah, that uh, sort of what come to be called the prosperity gospel or something like that, you know, that sort of um, use of the mind to achieve great things and a message of abundance and a message of positivity and happiness and joy, uh, that, that seems to be what characterizes a lot of uh, what's come to be called New Thought, right. well, was called New Thought even a hundred or more years ago. But uh, you're right, I don't think most people know that Joel Osteen is more uh, aligned with that kind of yeah. tradition than yeah. with ordinary, than certainly with fundamentalism. Yeah, Beckwith uh, in Los Angeles uh, also has a similar message. Although I think I want to be uh, careful to draw, draw lines of distinction because much of that uh, prosperity sort of preaching Reverend Ike uh, was known for it also. There's a lot of good yeah. stuff. But if you deserve to be rich, you deserve to be one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't personally and buy send a me lot money of so you can be rich. Yeah. I don't buy into a lot of that <laughs> stuff. I mean, you know, sometimes people get it and they deserve it. Sometimes, uh, right. you know, they don't. I mean, it, it can be. But uh, I think in the case of, I, I've heard enough of Joel Osteen uh, to, to know that uh, his, he, he emphasizes compassion, good behavior and all. And it's not all about yeah. uh, prosperity and, and getting, you know, uh, uh, Mercedes and, you know, on and on like that. So I, yeah. I think that there's probably uh, different shades of it. But it, it's better to hear a positive message than a negative message. Yeah, and, and, yeah. Uh, no, so, I, yeah. I agree. And and that whole you can be rich and, you know, if you just think the right way. Right. And, uh, you know, there there's uh, casualties, you know, da- downside to those things. Right. You know, and and certainly, uh, in in when it goes to an extreme, kind of um, loses to my mind 
any connection to the deep spirituality of the great teachers of of the past who would tell us we can uh, find peace and and happiness uh, whether we're rich or not. (laughs) And uh, and I think people like Michael Beck would certainly understand that and teach that. But, you know, uh, the public image of, like, you know, uh, the the abundant thing gets a little distorted. Right. Uh, I also found it interesting, uh, Phil. Uh, a lot of the folks that we talk to, who have uh, some level of dedication in their lives, usually to uh, a great level of dedication in their lives to spirituality, at some point in their lives had a mystical experience that maybe they yeah. didn't continue to have or have later in life, but just maybe even one experience, uh, even in childhood, uh, uh, propelled them. Uh, uh, in a particular direction uh, for for uh, their entire life. Yeah, I, I've met a lot of people like that uh, when I was, you know, researching books. Uh, often, when I when I was researching American Veda, people would say they had deep uh, experience of unity or God consciousness as uh, when they were young and. Uh, didn't have any satisfying explanation for it, were even sometimes discouraged. And it's often what uh, sets people off on a, on a search for mm-hmm. understanding and uh, to, to bring that kind of experience back into their lives. Yeah, no, it's uh, uh, Sadvi we had on recently. Uh, she yeah. had that experience. Uh, uh, Adam Bucko, uh, right. he had that experience. So uh, many, many, and, and probably there were those that had that that didn't tell us they had that experience, but did. Right, and that, right. And that's what propelled them. Uh, so, uh, and we yeah. also had people on who had that experience, usually in the '60s or '70s, uh, induced by by drugs. Right. And said, "Well, you know, what's going on here?" And that led them on a deeper spiritual. There, there must be. There must be more. And uh, yeah. So, uh, well, I, I enjoyed that very much. I, I look forward. I think the next time I'm anywhere where there's a Unity Church, and I can go on a Sunday, I'll I'll go and uh, see what I think of it. Uh, I'm very eclectic. I I seem to enjoy all types of ceremonies. I, I wanted to mention when I was in uh, Encinitas recently, uh, the SRF Self Realization Fellowship, which is connected to Paramahansa Yogananda. On Sundays they have a service, and I you know I I was a few blocks away, so I I went and I've gone a number of times and. I was real curious because on the one hand, I don't know if you've ever been, but it's almost like yes. a Christian Sunday service, yeah, although yeah, there's yeah. some meditation and there's a lot of oming at the end as in O-M-I-N-G. And uh, right. so it, it, it's, uh, but it's open to all and I think they have a message that anybody would appreciate and it obviously has a, a very, an Indian Hindu Vedic sort of slant to it. But, sure. uh, but the, the message uh, to me is very universal and there's something special about a group of people coming uh, with a commonality of purpose and interest, especially on a spiritual level, and uh, it enlivens something. It's inspiring. It's a good way to, I think, start the week. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Sunday morning, traditionally, in uh, Christian America, is the time that was done. So Yogananda noticed that very early and started having those Sunday morning ministries. A similar thing happened with the Fillmores who started Unity. You know, they, as mm-hmm. Paul said, they didn't start it to be a church, but as they became more popular uh, with their healing modalities and stuff, 
uh, people said, can't we do something on Sunday morning? You know, and so they yeah. sort of adopted a, a format that was familiar to people that right. felt like church. Right. And I, I want to add to that. Uh, I don't want people to think that I'm saying, hey, go, go somewhere on Sunday and worship or whatever, because I've gone to a lot of <laughs> religious uh, meetings as a child and as an adult uh, or, 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 or services that were un, un, uninspiring and non-spiritual in nature. So uh, and probably more of those than, than the inspiring ones. But uh, be select. And if you find something that inspires you, go for it. All right, Phil, uh, good one. And uh, many more uh, interviews coming up that I think our listeners will enjoy. Yes, sir. We'll look forward. Till next time. Take care.